Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. We have a great one for you guys today. I'm really excited about this. We're kind of continuing with our spooky uh, time of year type stories, and uh, this one is going to be a great continuation of our conversation from last week. Uh, But before we get there, I want to introduce to you my co-host, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, sir? Hello, Barry. I'm doing well, uh, Mr. Smiling Sensei. Um, <laughs> as, as I'm making it stick. It's the green um, tea, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the green tea. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to touch that. But anyway. Um, it really is green tea. Yeah. yeah uh, with yeah. mint. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, they used to call... Back in the beatnik days, they used to call the uh, the green tea that or the tea was uh, was weed, of course, yeah. uh, one of the slang terms for that. <laughs> but um, I digress. Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, Barry. Um, how are you? How are things over there in Enid? Okay, good. Everything is going well. It's uh, feeling a lot like fall around here. Uh, temperatures are finally getting nice and and a little bit brisk in the morning, and it's uh, it's beautiful, man. Yeah, it's uh, I love this time of year. I know you do too. Oh yeah, definitely. Sweater weather, yep. uh, long jeans. Yeah, man, getting out, being comfortable, yep. and just chilling and not sweating balls off. Yeah, and leaving rings uh, in your, you know. But hey, uh, that's that's what we're here for, um, you know. We're also here to, you know, hear people's stories. And as Barry mentioned before, we have a continuation from last week's guests, uh, Chantel and Garrett. Uh, and they are, we, we, we've hit the caves. We're out of the caves and we are back to the limp uh, mansion that they had their experiences. We've heard Chantel's experiences. And now we hear uh, Garrett's experiences and some other great spooky stuff and some, a lot of information about the mansion. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. You, we hope you enjoy, and um, we will get right into it. So, Garrett, Chantel, thank you for joining us once again. What's your weird story? So, Garrett, what were your experiences your, that were unique? Uh, during that the limp uh, bis- limp mansion visit. So, okay, so we uh, we're driving up there uh, and we uh, look up podcasts and everything about the 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 limp mansion, and we found one. We were just listening to it, and it was talking about literally everything, the history and stuff. And you know, they started out with uh, like a spooky story in the beginning of like uh, someone that has passed stayed there and everything. We're just listening to it, and so um, then we get up to uh, up to the the Lent Mansion. Um, we just kind of sit there, 
and we're just like, okay, where's Chantel? Do we have time to go put uh, the yeah. balloons and everything okay. in their room? I wanted and, to interrupt really fast and say, uh-huh. I since I already live in this area, like I'm not in St. Louis, but I'm just like a 15, 20-minute drive from the Limp Mansion. Um, I stayed at work until basically it was time to arrive at the limp mansion. And I did not read or watch or listen to anything. Anytime we all go somewhere haunted, I go in completely blind because I don't want to have any expectations. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be looking for any ghosts. I don't want to know anything. So I told them like, I'll just meet you guys there and I'm not researching yeah. And I didn't even know that they had done their research until like later that night. So that's like, that's kind of part of why I'm skeptical on everything is because everybody but me had prior knowledge. And then when this like possible possession happened, like things were talked about and we were in places that everybody knew was haunted prior and I had no idea. Mm. and so and i didn't really have like the full effect that like garrett and everybody did um but yeah so they got there and they decorated my room before i could get there which was really cool for my birthday <laughs> nice i'll let Garrett continue yeah. now uh so we get there uh we decorate everything um the guy uh tells us uh, a little bit of the of the story and everything he tells us we have to uh sign a uh, sign a little paper saying that we we are gonna destroy the place when we're staying there and stuff um and you just kind of just get this smell of just old and it, it and like stingy smell of that place it doesn't smell new obviously because it's like over 200 years old um but it you just kind of get this like death feeling of this place. Mm-hmm. You just, you just like, well, yeah, that person died in that room. A lot of per- like, just a lot of death. Um, yeah. And then we get upstairs. I think this is whenever Chantel um, gets there. So we go downstairs. We go outside. We start smoking and stuff because um, we all vape except for her. Um, and we, she gets there, uh, and we're just talking about it. And we're just like, yeah, we we figured uh, some history stuff. And and she's like, oh, okay, cool. And so we get upstairs, and we're just sitting, uh, we're up in the attic, and we're just standing there, just talking and stuff, uh, trying to figure out where to go to eat and stuff. And no one heard this except for me, and I I don't know how, but it. I had to rush out. I had to leave because it it scared me so bad. I full on heard a loud growl in my ear. Just like it it, it was, it was distinctive. It sounded like, like some like bear or I don't know what type of growl. It was this low and it was this loud. And I was like, what the heck? And I was like, did you know guys, I hear that. And you're like, no, what's going on? I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get outside. I gotta get some breather or something. And I was like, it's already happening. It's only 5 PM. Wow. I was like, what's going on? And, uh, I was like freaking out. I get outside and we stuff. We just start calming down and everything. And then, uh, we go out go get some food, come back. Um, and then everything 
uh, gets weird at this point. Um, like she said, she we get back and she checks the camera about the balloon and the balloon's halfway down the stairs. Um, and we're like, well, the door was locked and the door was closed. We don't know how that got out. Mm-hmm. Um, the battery was on the floor. Yeah. Uh, we get in, oh, we get settled, um, put our stuff in the room. Uh, my room, I, I was supposed to just stay in my room and, and our other two friends were staying in there cause I'm married and I, just get this weird feeling about my room like no one else's room but except mine i was like i don't want to stay in this room tonight uh (laughs) it's 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 giving me this weird vibe um and we uh she uh chantel got this um uh the spirit box and everything and do you guys know uh what the estes method is at all Uh uh-uh so the Estes method is uh, where you have a spirit box, you plug uh, plug your headphones in, noise canceling, and you put a blindfold on, and all you could hear is just. Oh yeah, just, yeah, man. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it circles through. Yeah, Hope and I are talking out loud, trying to contact something is there, and basically think it'll talk to Garrett without Garrett knowing what we gotcha. are saying. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. He, he answers questions, right, or some shit like that. Or he yeah. says yeah, say what you hear. I don't yeah. know what was said. I don't know what kind of questions was asked, uh, but like, uh, when I when I was going on, I did it in my room, so, because like, that, I, I was like, okay, we gotta do it in this room, because it feels weird. So, I was just sitting here and I'm, I'm just like trying to just focus and trying to understand what the words are coming out. And it just uh, like, it goes on for like five minutes and, uh, just random words would come out. And all uh, like the ones that I remember is go to the basement, go to the basement. And, um, I'll just, all I hear all I hear is Chantel be like, God, and I was just like, what? And she, and she's like, we're going to the basement. And I'm like, what, what just, what, what was going on? Like, what, what did you ask? What was the kind of questions? And she's like, we got to go to the basement. And I'm like, okay, fine. Let's go to the basement. <laughs> and then we go down there and, uh, we, we do the spirit box again. And, uh, we are just trying to contact Zeke because he's just leading us down there because, uh, I, I'm pretty sure just a lot of uh, bad trauma in, in that house toward him. He had to find spots to where he felt safe. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he spent a lot of time um, downstairs and upstairs. And that's where most of the activity was. But um, got some activity down there. Uh, but that was pretty much... Um, all, all the Estes method was. And then we get done with that. Um, we start to go upstairs. Robbie goes upstairs and, and goes plays on the switch. And um, uh, we go uh, go chill outside for a little bit. And then we come back in. Uh, our friend Hope was uh, feeling different. And... Uh, she was just like, we need, uh, we need to go to the front door. And, uh, she t- kind of just sits down and she was like, I think there's like some kind of like, like presence here. Like 
she was just talking about just weird stuff. And come to find out, we did the little research afterwards, like the next couple of days, and that what we found, I don't know if it's true or not, but what we found was that's where Zeke died, was at the front door. Oh, oh wow. So that was all that it was happening and stuff. And, we go, and then we go upstairs. <clears throat> she's like, we got to go check on my husband. Um, and she was the same. We're, we're not, we're, we're not protected. We're not protected. We need to, uh, you guys just need to like figure something out to where Cause like some, th- some bad things are going to happen tonight. And, and me and Chantel were just like, what's going on? Like, yeah. And I had been taking pictures and recording at this point, And that is like, I'm skeptical, but there was something that was telling me to believe her. And it told me like, I had this like weird intuitive feeling that I should not have my phone out. Like I just had this overwhelming feeling that if I were to keep my phone out, that something bad was going to happen. Mm. I didn't know if it was, if I like a part of me thinks if I would have kept my phone out and recording that she would be afraid that, like maybe she would be embarrassed later and maybe get upset in that moment. Or if it was actually like a spirit that it would harm us for using technology. I wasn't really like sure in that moment. And like later I'm like, yeah, she would have definitely been embarrassed if I would record her and show her this tomorrow. But then in that moment, I'm like, I don't know. I kind of felt like it was real. But then the things that she was saying, she brought up like Native Americans and that was something that like her and her family had talked about um, a couple days previous to then. She had found out that um, part of her family was Cherokee Indian and she kept telling us that like birds were going to attack like a giant flock of birds. That was really weird because I don't think Mm. we anything about birds she also said that apparently that all this stuff was going to happen if we don't find her phone because her phone was lost oh yeah her oh weird so so missing we we, she was like we don't know what she was like i don't know where my phone is and if we don't find my phone like this all this stuff's going to happen and that goes on for like 10 minutes and me and Chantel were like, okay, let's go find her phone. So we go downstairs and uh, down to the basement, and we're just like, where is her phone? I don't know where her phone is. And went to the restroom while we were in the basement earlier that day, and but I had I think held her phone for her, and we don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I I thought it would be in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. No, it was like on a uh shelf right next to the kitchen and yeah. uh i was like chantel and she's like what and i'm like it's right here <laughs> and so I, we go back up yeah i was drinking so knowing me i like i'm just like i probably sat it there <laughs> phone. Yeah. and then we we get back upstairs and we hand her her phone and then everything kind of just settles down mm. it was mm-hmm. it was different um I mean, that was probably, it was weird. Everything kind of just settles down, stops, everything stops happening. Um, one thing that I, that does freak me out is when I didn't uh, stay in my room, I laid on, I laid on the floor 
Uh, I had my hood up because uh, I was getting weird vibes, and I just had my phone right next to me. And uh, we this go to bed. Everyone goes to bed. This is like, go ahead. This was in Hope and Robbie's room. He slept on their floor by the foot of their bed. Yeah. And then this is like midnight, I think, down there or 11. I don't know. It, it was super early because we were going to go. Uh, we were going to stay up and, and do a bunch of stuff, but we were tired, I guess. And thing hour, but so yeah, much had already happened. I don't think we to wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then. We go. We all go to bed. It takes me forever to fall asleep, like because I just felt like something, something was there, and then I finally drift off, and it. I'm not kidding. It felt like I was passed out, but also awake at the same time. But also, I didn't want to open my eyes and find there was something dragging me, because there was something. Pulling my legs, it felt like someone was pulling my legs and dragging me across oh. the board. Dude, Whoa. and and I and because uh, I remember my phone hitting my chin and kind of just going past my my face a little bit. So that's why I'm like, okay, I pretty much probably was dragged a little bit. So it that that's one thing that I was like, what the heck. And then obviously Hope was like, uh, she's like, I didn't want to tell you uh, when we were still there, but there was some, there was like at like three a.m. there was like a big dark figure staring at you while you were sleeping. Oh my, was like, oh, oh my god! Ray of his room. Damn. Yeah. He was looking because their rooms are attached by a door, so his door was open. I don't remember if he left it open. But his bedroom door to their room was open, and a dark figure was staring at him from his doorway. Jeez. Wow. <laughs> so, and then okay, we we get up in the morning, um, and I was uh, I move all I move up to the bed, so I'm like I'm like a cat basically. I'm just like on the edge of the bed now, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like I I I'm off the floor now. I don't I need the bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> And then we finally get up, and I remember I left the uh, I closed the bathroom door because that the, I, in in my room and I I didn't like it at all, so I closed the door. But I left the sliding door open, um, and so I get up. If this is like uh, nine a, nine a.m. or something like that, I get up. I look inside that room, and the bathroom door is wide open, like. I was like, yo, guys, did you go in my room at all? And and Hope and Mog were like, no, we never went in there. I was like, okay, let's get out, please. <laughs> wow. Like, there's so much yeah. stuff that has, has gone on so far. And uh, it, that that was like, that was, it, that freaked me out whenever I saw that door wide open. Sounds oh. like. Jeez, uh, dude, so much yeah. going on there. Yeah. 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 So I basically believe everything that happened, and then I'm skeptical on the possession part. And it's like, in my mind, yeah, I guess. So Hope is like, she's definitely the most emotional in our mm-hmm. group. Like, she she lets basically anything. It could be someone else's, like, life, and something happens in their life, and she feels it probably more than any of us. And 
like good or bad. Like we were just at a concert the other day and there was this couple in front of us and she was like, Oh my God, you guys are so cute. And like, we didn't even know this couple, but she was like affected by their love for each other. Mm. Whereas I'm just kidding. They're like, yeah, I'm bored. I want the show to start. (laughs) (laughs) She has some empath or something. Yeah, definitely some empathy, empath abilities. It seems. I mean, if it was real, it was definitely going to affect her more than any of us. But then again, she drank more than us. And, but I don't know, recently I've heard that if you're drunk too, it doesn't matter if you are like an empath or not, that something would affect you if you've been drinking. Like you're letting your shark down more. Yeah. Yeah. I have learned that spirits, um, do not like it when you are intoxicated either. They, they do not like it at all. So they're more inclined to um, do that type of stuff to you and around you. Wow. So, that, that makes but sense. We think that I've done, I've done a lot of research there too, but it was, uh, I think that a lot of negative stuff has happened in that house. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of people have stayed there overnight and had experiences and think that they've had experiences. So I, I think that someone has, uh, you're able to concoct a negative energy type spirit in, in a, in a presence very easily. If you were negative, like a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. So I think something was concocted there, something evil that was there. Um, other than the, uh, the let, people um dying and committing suicide in there so that sounds like from you from the growl and the whatever you want to call it shadow figure whatever being pulled Mm -hmm. and all that shit man that that sounds demonic to me and yeah one thing we know about that or at least it's been our experience here is that like that thing can feed on like negativity yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And if with as much negativity that's been in that house, man, there's no telling how long that entity's been there feeding off of that thing, man. Yep. That's one of the scary things about that. It's like, I don't understand that shit at all. Demons and stuff, man. But I grew up, you know, in a very religious household, and it's always been a part of our vernacular possession and, and those things. But mm-hmm. never have I been able to, like, wrap my head around it. It's just very weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just weird, man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so in my room, the Elsa room, I told you guys last time that something definitely touched my foot. I was just laying there in bed. I don't remember if I had fallen asleep yet or if I was about to, but I felt something grab my foot. But it wasn't scary. I opened my eyes and looked down. And I was really just like, like waiting to see if something would show itself, but Mm -hmm. it just grabbed my foot and that's it. And as I like looked around the room, it didn't feel like anything evil was there. It's almost like, cause when I was first laying in bed, I was laying there like, Oh my God, what if this is like, what if I'm pulled out of the bed? What if, and I had the, the lights were on a dimmer. So it was like, kind of like candle lit essence in a way. And I'm just looking around the room for 15 minutes like, is something going to, is the bathroom door going to slam shut? Like, I'm waiting for something actually terrifying to happen in that room while I'm awake. 
And then it's just a few moments later, it's almost like whatever was there knew I was scared and it just rested its hand on my foot. Mm. Kind of like a way of saying like, yeah, I'm here, but I'm not going to hurt you. Mm. Yeah. It was still terrifying because I was like, oh my God, there actually is something here. Yeah. And like, and I knew that there was because whatever it was had turned off the camera, moved a balloon out of the room onto the staircase, unplugged my camera charger and slung both of them across the room onto the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So that doesn't sound as, you know, as a uh, hostile, you know, yeah. that sounds somewhat more playful or like, you know, dismissive, like, well, we don't want you to use this camera or whatever. Whereas exactly. Garrett's experiences, it's almost like he was targeted, you know, with the with the negativity. So, yeah, I yeah. don't know, man. That's uh, it's wild. Yeah. And then like my room, I don't know anything about Elsa Limp, but like the way her room was decorated and some of the older photos that we had seen inside the building it just kind of seemed like she was like this person just like that kept to herself. And maybe mm -hmm. that's why she wasn't mean. And that maybe that's why she didn't want the camera in there. Maybe she was just kind of like, look, this was my room. I have nothing to do with all of the horrible things that happened in the family. So I want that kind of stuff to stay out of my room. And maybe that's why she unplugged my charger and turn off the camera she's yeah. just like I'm not going to do this kind of stuff in my room but i'm not gonna hurt you mm, definitely hey that's a nice t-shirt you got on there oh thanks dude it's brand new do you like that it's one of the official what's your weird story t-shirts where'd you get that it's funny that you ask i just got it off the brand new spreadshirt.com site for the what's your weird story podcast there's no www you just go straight to shop.spreadshirt.com backslash what's without the apostrophe w-h-a-t-s hyphen y-e-r dash w-e-i-r-d dash s-t-o-r-y and that'll take you right there i mean you can never own enough clothing well that's true barry there's t-shirts for the ladies because you know they're cut differently there's hoodies which are really cool there's two different kinds of hoodies and there's also tote bags so you can tote your stuff that's so cool man so if you guys go out to spreadshirt.com what's your weird story currently there are two designs but there will be more going up very soon so just keep your eyes out for that and if you decide to get one of our shirts tag yourself on instagram to ours or facebook show your love show us what you got let's see your true colors this all starts back with um john adam limp he was born in germany um he was born between the years of 1793 and 1798 there were so many sources that had both of those dates. There were a few sources that said um, 1796. So mm. um, a lot of information is going to be kind of like that, just kind of guessing around those time periods. Yeah. So, um, and for some reason, I don't know if it's like a German thing or if it's like a, a thing that people do here in america with german names but no one called him john everyone called him by his middle name adam so we're gonna call him adam limp okay yeah 
So, and there's a lot of missing information too. So it's going to be like, here's a lot of information for these like two or three years. And then I'm going to have to skip ahead like eight years every once in a while. Okay. Um, but basically, yeah, John Adam Lemp, he was born, um, in Germany. Um, he, his father, um, owned a brewery and I don't know if it was a successful brewery or not. There wasn't much information on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, he, so Adam Lemp had experience all of his life in the brewery industry mm-hmm. and he worked at a different brewery other than his father's, um, when he was 18, um, I'm not sure how old he was in 1816 because I don't know for sure when his birth date was, but he got married in 1816 to his first of three wives. And in, and this is one of those moments where I have to skip ahead to 1832. She passed away or her name was Anna Elizabeth Clearmont. She passed away on March 28th, 1832. She was 40 years old. Um, He immediately remarried just a couple of months later to his second wife, Justina Ann Charlotte Baum. And they were married, um, let's see, I think it was two years. And within those two years, they had two sons, um, Wilhelm was born on May 24th, 1834. Jacob was born on February 21st, 1836. And in the same year of 1836, Adam Lim's mother had passed away February 17th, 1836 at the age of 76 years old. There's going to be a lot of deaths in this story, Um, I haven't calculated how many of them are unknown due to old age, Mm -hmm. due to suicide. Some are going to be due to like things like disease and heart failure, things like tuberculosis. Um, But because of all of these deaths, you can actually go online and you can find an article called The Curse of the Lymph Family. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of like what we're leading up to. Cool. Um, I think, um, sorry, I want to just interject uh, this thing that uh, came to me. Um, they, it may be a German thing that they didn't use his first name, John, um, because it, there could have been like another John in the family. Oh. Um, or uh, it could be simply because the name Adam is uh, a superior name. Uh, for any male um, person born in, right. in the world, actually, you know, it's just a very strong, masculine, yet sensitive and caring uh, name. It's that, a handsome name. Handsome name. The yeah. people that are, have been given that name uh, are notable people. And uh, some would say beautiful. I, you know, I wasn't, wasn't going to say it myself, but it's true. It's scientific fact, uh, you know. Um, so, and but, no coincidence that my name, my share the name. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. That's why they, you know, when I was born, I was such a beautiful child. They're like, uh, there's no other name befitting that is either created now or in the future that will ever be more suitable 
than than Adam. Uh, they were thinking about they were thinking about John, but uh, you know, Adam one. Adam one. That's right. That's right. So okay. anyway, I digress. Um, well, actually, even though his name was John, it was spelt like Joanne. It was J O H A N N. Oh, so it's Johan now. Yeah, Johan. But when he moved to the United States, they changed it to John J O H N. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. Johan is well. That's definitely changing it from Johan to John. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely was to anglicize, Americanize, Americanize mm-hmm. it. Um, but of course, you know, he smartly went with Adam uh, <laughs> to. But carry on. It's your story. Okay. <laughs> Enough of it. So, Adam Limp's uh, mother passed away February seventh, eighteen thirty-six, at the age of seventy-six. Um, I'm just gonna say. Probably natural causes, old age. That's probably normal. Um, but just a couple days later, his first son was born, which you would think is like awesome. Yay. Like I'm excited. My son's born. But I'm going to guess because of his mother passing away, he probably wasn't like too excited for his kid because later that year, due to a lot of poor business decisions, he ran away to America. He basically left his wife and his kids and just got out of there and did not care. Yeah. So another reason that he may have actually got changed from going by Johan to Adam <laughs> yeah. uh, so that nobody could track him down in the new world. <laughs> See, smart man. Yeah. Smart the truth man. comes out. <laughs> yeah. So his poor business decisions were experimental brewing, um, I think he just tried to like own too many things. He owned and operated a restaurant that he called mm. the Golden Barrel. He owned something called the Limp Rock Cellar. I am assuming that's probably like a bar, but when I think Limp Rock Cellar, I think um, like a concert hall in the bottom of a bar. Yeah. And But yeah, he basically just couldn't keep up financially, so he fled um, to the United States. Um, and I don't know if he knew, probably didn't know right away, but his son had ended up passing away at the age of four. Wilhelm mm-hmm. passed away December 12th, 1838. And very strange, they changed Jacob's name to Wilhelm, and later when... Um, Jacob is, I think, 12 years old. He moves to the United States to live with his father, and uh, his name is then changed to William. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, he goes from Jacob to Wilhelm to William. I don't know why. Why would you change your son's name to the son that just died? Um, I don't don't know. I mean, uh, he didn't change it to Adam Jr., so I can't really give you an answer. (laughs) Um, But, uh, no, that is bizarre. But, I mean, I guess it was maybe it was a family family thing to where you would give the firstborn name. A certain name that held with it, I don't, not necessarily a rank, but. Yeah, a meaning of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like maybe like I'm thinking, okay, so their firstborn 
is Wilhelm and mm-hmm. they're probably thinking we're not having any more kids. This is like the kid. And then they have a second kid. That's like, Oh great. We have a second kid. Like, and then that first kid that would basically take over everything and own everything when the father passes away, that kid passes away. So yeah, I guess, I don't know. It could be that. And of course, you know, infant and child mortality rates back oh, then yeah. were so high. Brutal. Anyway, it was yeah. like not, you know, it was not unexpected for a child to uh, die young. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it was very much one of the reasons why people had a lot of children uh, you know, back then was because, you know, you'd have eight, you know, and three of them might make it to adulthood, you know, so. Yeah. All right. So we're going to skip ahead with a couple of years to 1840. Um, Adam Limp had eventually opened the A. Limp and Co. Family Grocery, where he sold a lot of foreign loggers from Germany. Mm-hmm. So that's basically like what made him the most money. Nowhere else, no grocery store, no brewery were making these in the United States. And especially they weren't importing them over here to sell them. Mm. With that money, he opened the Western Brewery, which is later known as Limp Brewery. Mm. Um, Let's see. Um, 1840, so... In 1848, when his son that he abandoned in Germany was 12 years old, he actually first sent over one of his business associates to Germany. Well, he didn't send them over. They were just over there already doing business. And they were like, or Adam was like, while you're over there, you think you could convince my son to come back and help run this business with me? And the business associate um, asked the mother, obviously, who's going to let their like kid come back with a stranger. So when the mother said no, Adam was like, well, I'm not giving you a hundred dollars. And if you're not coming back with my kid and that guy, I don't think ended up being his associate and ended up trying to sue mm-hmm. him. But somehow Adam limp was successful later on. He went over there and I imagine being a businessman, the conversation probably went something along the lines of, hey, um, you're remarried to a guy that's in the brewery business here now. Wouldn't it be great if you had a son that was also in the brewery business? And as of right now, like, he's going to be the person that ends up with all of this if you let him move in with me and run this with me. And so she said, yeah. And at 12 years old, he basically was running the business with his mm. father back in st louis damn wow but you know 12 years old back in those times was like 37 well yeah i mean so. <laughs> there, well, there's certainly yeah there certainly was responsibility put on kids man i mean back yeah. then when you were of age you worked the fields and you did whatever you had to do for your family so that's it's it's weird to hear that now but like oh. I, could, I could see that i could see it happen and so At some point in the 1840s, I'm going to probably say like late 1840s, around the same time that Adam brings back his son, um, Adam marries his now third wife, um, Louise Bauer, and they end up having um, 
two kids or let me think. No, no, they don't have any kids. She has kids. She has kids in two marriages before Adam. And yeah, I don't think him and his third wife, Luis, have any kids. Um, let's see here. So I got to skip ahead somewhere. Let's see. Luis, Luis's daughter from her previous marriage passes away. And so does her husband. Um, I don't add this into the limp family curse that I've tallied up on the side because it's not like blood related to Adam limp, but they do take in, um, that daughter's kid that she has. So they're mm. basically Adam limp and Luis's, um, grand son. Um, his name is Otto. And what's really weird is eventually when Adam Limp passes away in 1862, um, I think he passed away, if I remember this correctly, I think he passed away from basically liver failure. I think he just drank too much. Mm. Uh, but he left the brewery and, the, and everything, um, all of his money to um, William Limp his son from his second wife, um, Charles Bronick, which was a grandson of his, mm -hmm. I think from his first wife, but I didn't, I could not find anything that said him and his first wife had any kids, but I did read just somewhere that said his first wife had a daughter that had a son named Charles Bronick. And I maybe this article was wrong or maybe I read it wrong, but Charles Bronick is like super important because him and William become basically the owners like 50, 50, they own, um, the brewery mm -hmm. in Otto. So Otto was left part of the brewery too, but I could not find, like I could find a bunch of information on William Limp and Charles Bronick could not find anything on Otto and his last name was Faff. P F A F F. And it was um yeah, just a, a grandson. So really strange. And this family, like from here forward, they tried to do a lot to cover up their family history. They even went so far as to the whole family, like Adam purchased a lot of land in St. Louis and his son, William purchased a lot of land and they turned this into their family cemetery. And they basically made it to where certain parts of their family, like this is what I pieced together. They made it to where those family members could not for afford like a tombstone. Hmm. So everyone that they did not like is in this cemetery unmarked and all of the information on that side of the family has disappeared. Wow. wow. Yeah. So only the important ones, you can find the tombstones and you can find the information. Huh. And even when you take the tour, when you read plaques, when you read anything locally, mm -hmm. you, all you can find is that Adam Limp left everything to William Limp. Basically, end of the story. <laughs> wow. Wow. But, 
I have found other information. Could not find anything on AutoFAF. And, but I did find, and you can actually find like a little inscription on a tombstone with um, Otto, his mother, I think his father. And I have a link I'll share that with. Um, I'll share that with you. And it has all the photos of the tombstones in the cemetery. Cool. Um, cool. Yeah. As for like history, nothing on them. Um, eventually, William Lemp would buy um, Charles part of the brewery in 1864. And let's see here. I have to skip ahead again. I love beer, so there's part of me that's like, God, I'd love to try a limp beer. I'm looking at, I was looking at some of his photos and stuff from back then. Yeah, and it's it's L E M P, not limp, not limp. Yeah, limp. a limp a limp beer sounds like it would be yeah. a flat beer. Yeah, that could and be. Uh, 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 limp Adam, which, well, that's never happened um, <laughs> ever because you know Adam. We know all about Adams. Very sturdy, uh, very strong, very, sturdy, very like bull. You know, like bull. In general, in general. <laughs> <laughs> But I am curious what what kind of beer he brewed. Yeah, I yeah again also not nothing associated with Limp Biscuit. Although you would think that Limp Biscuit would have tried to do some kind of cross promotion <laughs> back in the day. So, um, I found online that he it just said lager and common ale. Okay, cool, cool. Germans are so, good at lagers. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Uh, and he was like the only one in that time period in the United States, let alone St. Louis, that was making a lager. Yeah, that's cool. And it was it was huge. It was like the biggest brewery in the eighteen seventies. That's cool, but man. That's it awesome. Slowly died down. So um in eighteen sixty one, William Limp and I forget like how old people are at this point, so I'm just gonna use dates and and I mean <laughs> It, I don't think, like, if I were to be like, oh yeah, he was fourteen. I don't, I don't even think that matters because the times have changed so much. So I'm just gonna say, in 1861, Limp or William Limp married Julia Fred or Fikert, and a year later he joined the Third Missouri Regiment. Um, but he wasn't even in in the army for very long. He eventually left the army, um, and they had their newborn the same year he left the army, 1862. Mm. But she passed away the day she was born, July 4th, 1862. Oh, the and child! The child passed died the same day. Yeah, the same day that it was born. And oh wow, I didn't even write that down as part of the. The 13, so that's, that's, there's now four, there will be 14 deaths in the family by the time I'm finished. Um, let's see, same year, 18, 1862, yeah, so his father, Adam Limp, ended up passing away August 23rd, 1862, due to, um, psoriasis of the liver, so mm. just drink too much. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, is not very surprising at all. I mean, realistically, you know, you're coming from 
uh, a brewer's family. You know, they're going to be drinking it all the time just by, mm-hmm. you know, by nature of it. Plus, I mean, being the, it's part of the German culture. Yeah. Yeah, well. you can yeah. that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, after Adam Limp had passed away and the will was announced, that's when they found out that everything was left to those three names I had mentioned before. And then, like I had mentioned before, in 1864, William did um, pay off the Bronick family mm-hmm. and he bought it for twelve thousand dollars. Wow! So I don't know how much that was worth back then, but that would have been a lot of money back then. What what we what year was it? Eighteen sixty four. Well, <clears throat> that would be, uh, I mean, several million probably now. Let's mm-hmm. see. Yeah, because well, the the cave was sold for twenty five hundred dollars back in nineteen fifteen. Wow! Yeah. So. And that's back then. Right now would probably be like almost a half a mil. So mm-hmm. back then, that would have even an outrageous number. Um. So also- that was. Well, I'm sorry. That again. What year was that? It was eighteen. What? Sixty-five. Eighteen sixty-four. Sixty-four. All right. So, um, we'll go to a calculator. And um, let's see, twelve thousand is worth $22,685.96. That doesn't seem right. It seems like it'd be 226000 Yes, 220. Yeah. Yeah. Still, but seems still, like it should be more. During that year, so during 1864, the brewery wasn't even... It wasn't even like in its prime yet, though. It was basically like, yeah, we're we're bottling this, we're selling it. St. Louis wasn't like a huge thing yet. So in 1870, I'll get to that. I'll I'll tell you how much they were making and how much per employee was making. It's insane for the year. Um, but for now, the will from Adam. Limp had also stated that anyone owning the brewery must pay his now widowed third wife a monthly stipend until her death. Mm. So that's pretty good of him for looking out. Yeah, that's a sweet deal. And but um, she wasn't allowed any of the money like once like say all of his family members had passed away. She didn't get anything from the company. She just got like a monthly check from his children. That's it. So it's like, cool. She got some stuff, but mm-hmm. basically, yeah, everything else was left to his kids. Which William Limp, I think, in my opinion, kind of, he's he's corrupt. He kind of <laughs> taking on too much stuff, and it gets to his head. And I, that's probably why everything that happens, happens. All of these deaths that start to happen. Um, so, yeah, in 1866, or let me back up. So, William had 
um, taken on. He, like a lot of, there was a new brewery that basically started being built. Um, I know one of St. Louis's local breweries during that time was Pabst. Mm -hmm. And I know someone in their family, it could have been William, had bought into that. Um, They ended up having a kid that married someone into the Pabst family. Um, And he had also... Uh, started a partnership with the Stumps family. I don't know anything about the Stumps brewery. And um, William was also trying to build um, a new brewery, like a bigger, better, faster functioning brewery. And he had purchased a lot of um, caves underground to basically he was storing the beer under there so that they wouldn't spoil as quickly. And I don't remember if it was him or one of his kids, but they had um, invented like the some kind of refrigerated railroad carrier, kind of like a refrigerator. Like, oh, okay. Very cool. On wheels, essentially. Nice. And it, but it was still like under the ground. And then I don't know if they had like how they were. Basically, they were trying to get it around the country instead of just in St. Louis. Mm. So I don't know what they were doing with things underground and how they got them above ground, but they were experimenting with that um, right before 1870. So, but eventually he did leave the partnership with the Stumps. Um, he basically he was just doing too much and his finances were becoming unstable. But then in 1870, um, that's when like, I don't, I don't remember if I could, I don't know if I found why in the 1870s, I think maybe he just got a lot smarter about his finances and that's why he made a lot more money. But basically, um, in 1870, um, the capital value of the brewery was at 150000 and he had 28 male employees that made $28,000 a year. Wow. Yeah, and that was in 1870. Mm. Wow. That's 28000 a year. That's that was, insane. Yeah, that was very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, and, that'd be... Almost half a million, I'd imagine. Yeah. By today's standards. So, in also in 1870, his wife is... Oh, okay. Did I... I don't even remember what I've talked about at this point anymore. <laughs> um, so, his... So, William... Yeah, so Adam's son, William... Is married to Julia. She's 29. They have, so they have a total of eight children over the next however many years. And I could not find the names of all of them. Um, their first child is Anna. Their second child is William Jr. Their third child is Louis. Their fourth child is frederick their fifth child is charles i do not know the sixth or the seventh and then their last child they had was elsa so let's see 
1870, Anna was five, William Jr. was three, and Lewis was just five months old. And there was like, for some reason, I thought I had that going with something, but maybe not. I think they started building the limp mansion maybe or something around that time and moved Mm. in there uh, for their large family. And let's see. So that's 1872. Um, in 1892. And I guess there was an autopsy that showed that he had been struggling for some time mm. with disease. And this is where the deaths start to get, I mean, the deaths are already happening and nothing up until about this point has really been recorded on whether it's been old age or what types of diseases. And then at this point, this is where they start to be recorded. So I don't know if there's really like a curse or if like we just think there is because there are so many and now they're recorded. Yeah. And this is kind of like why I think, I don't know if it's a curse. I don't, the, uh, William Lemp. I don't know if it's because like, if I think it's, it's corrupt because the deaths are recorded or what? And they could have, the deaths could have been morbid back before him. And we just don't know because they weren't recorded, but basically, so that son dies from diseases, heart failure in 1904, William limp committed suicide by gunshot. Mm. So, in, I'm trying to think who took on the um, the company from here. I think just one of his sons, or maybe, let's see, I think William and Lewis probably owned it together. Oh, in, nine, in November 7th, 1904, William Limp Jr. took over the brewery. Um, and I would assume that probably Lewis was still part of that somehow. Um, he married Lillian Limp. She was known as the Lavender Lady because of the color of her wardrobe and the color of her carriages were lavender colored. Um, she ended up divorcing William Limp Jr. in 1908. And she had, there are actual documents you can find online that said she divorced him due to cruel treatment. I don't really know what that means. Mm. I would assume that back then that's probably the wording that they used for like abuse, maybe. Probably. Yeah. That sounds like it. 
And I think divorces were hard to come by back then, too. Yeah. Well, they ended up getting remarried in 1920. Wow. And then not even very long, like maybe within weeks of them getting remarried, she was found dead oh, by huh. gunshot. Oh. Yeah. They had chalked it up to a suicide, but if you go online now, there I think it's either open to be reevaluated. It's called the case for Elsa Limp. I don't know if it's open or if people are trying to get it reopened. Wow. But they're trying to say that she was murdered by somebody. It sounds weird. It sounds suspicious for sure. Yeah. So along with her death, this is now the 1920s, which is prohibition. So the brewery shuts down. Um, William Limp Jr. ends up selling the property to um, in an auction to the International Shoe Company for $588,000. Damn. Yeah, so everything very quickly goes downhill just yeah. within a couple of years. Damn. And in on December 29th, 1922, William Jr. commits suicide by shooting himself in his office at the Limp Mansion. Wow. And um jeez. Yeah. His the there is a room there called the Lavender Room. And I wish I could remember which room. I think um, one of my buddies said that that room is on the second floor. I thought that was the room that I had stayed in. Uh, I maybe stayed in the Elsa room. I remember I stayed in a room upstairs that was named after a female that had um, it was the Elsa room. essentially passed away in the mansion. Um, but... Let's see. So he committed suicide in his office, which I think is also on the second floor. It's, I think it's like the second now dining room from the entrance. If you go into the entrance, it's like the first or second doorway on your right. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, back actually before. So Elsa was William Jr.'s, which which child was that? One of his many. She had actually also committed suicide right before him. Mm. That was his, yeah, very last eighth child. One of his daughters, Elsa, had shot herself. Damn. And let's see. I'm trying to remember if she had any kids. There's so many people involved in this. Um, let's see here. Someone had another child, William. Well, there was William, William Jr., William the Third. So I guess William had a kid, William the Third. He ended up selling the name of, like, they didn't give away the rights to the name. They ended up selling the name of the brewery to Central Brewers in 1939, which then changed their name back to the Limp Brewery, basically. Mm. Um, the 
they changed it to William J. Limp Brewery Co. to in 1939. Um, so that leaves the final Limp to live in the mansion in 1929 was Charles Limp. He lived there with his dog, his two servants, and a married couple, which I could not find anything on that married couple. Hmm. Charles Limp, in 1941, writes to their local funeral home that if he were to die unexpectedly, he wants his remains to be taken by ambulance to the Missouri Cemetery or crematory. He didn't want to be clothed, bathed, or changed. He wanted his ashes put in a wicker box and buried on his farm. He did not want a funeral, and he did not want any notice in the newspapers. And nine years later, he committed suicide wow. by shooting himself. That's a lot of Jeez. suicide. Yeah. yeah. Um, there wow. was Lewis Limp. He, I did find in 1931 that he had died of natural causes. He was... I think like in his seventies or eighties. So there's one family member that didn't kill herself in, in that home. But what is that? Like four people now shot themselves mm. in that house. Mm-hmm. And he ended up leaving a suicide note in 1949. Um, it just read St. Louis Mo slash may nine, 1949. Comma, in case I am found dead, blame it on no one but me. C-H period A period limp. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. It Um, sounds like a lot of obviously mental issues in the family for sure. Yeah. And Edwin, one of the original Charles or the original William Limp. Um, sons. He also died of old age in 1970 at the age of 90. He wrote in his will, destroy my artifacts and family heirlooms. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, Strange. Basically everything. So there's two children that I could not find anything on out of those eight children. And like what, three or four of those children died by suicide or murder in that house. And that's like a total of like 15 strange deaths, either strange or disease ridden, which diseases were natural, were natural back then, like more natural than dying of old age. Yeah. And some were just undocumented and probably because the family didn't want them documented. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Anytime you come from a situation of money, there's, you know, you got the stature and a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of royalty over time, you know, also did the same thing where they didn't let the public know what was going on with certain, you know, children or sometimes Mm -hmm. didn't didn't even know that they existed. But um, Mm -hmm. I often think, you know, there's a price to be paid for affluence and um it sounds like adam wanted the american dream and did all he could to provide that and then over time it just you know when you're born into a family of money i often we talked before on this podcast about that show uh uh, rich kids it's a documentary that they did on hbo gosh it has to be 20 years old by now Follows around a bunch of kids that are, uh, they inherited money 
and we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars, if not billions of dollars that, you know, these old families, like we were talking before about the Rockefellers and stuff, you know, they're the descendants of the Rockefellers and all the highfalutin people. And it's like, when you look at their lives and just, and I hate to judge, (laughs) but it just seems like there's so much meaningless life, like in, um, in affluence a lot of times, you know, oftentimes the kids of these people that were successful, they're never able to rise to the occasion and, and having so much money where you don't actually have to do that. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. That's a difficult life to lead, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in not every case, but in many cases, when they're you, you, the le- less life lessons aren't learned, they're yeah. dealt with. You right. know, right? If you if the kid does something wrong, they don't get punished. It's you know, you take care of it. You know, right? You take care of, it for, of the problem to make it go away. You don't make it where they have to learn a lesson. They have to take care of, right. take responsibility. Yeah, for themselves because you, yeah. they don't have to assume the responsibility. Right. Because, uh, you know, if you have enough money to buy somebody's buy somebody out, or you know, then you know that's that's your answer to everything. Right. Is, What's your purpose? You know, what you don't yeah. have, you know, you don't have a purpose for a, to live a meaningful life. And I think that uh, that along come just from what you were reading, just that compounded with the mental illness is just a recipe for disaster. It sounded yeah. like it just, I feel so bad for him in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, but uh, yeah, that's pretty dark. That's a pretty dark story. Mm-hmm. So Charles Limp, the last one to actually live there with two servants and a married couple. Um, I think the story behind Charles living there was that he had a son with one of the servants, Mm -hmm. but I think he was like so afraid of society knowing that um, he just like kept it with the servants upstairs. And that's the, the child. I think I told the story of the monkey boy. Yeah, the monkey boy. I think it was Charles and one of the servants. And I don't remember if this was like part of a plaque that I read because we were drinking the night that we there that we were there. And but we were just thinking like um, Charles maybe offed himself, not maybe he was, you know, upset because of the the rest of his family offing themselves. Um, but also because of this child that he didn't want society to know about, um, because eventually their family started getting into politics and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like they lost their brewery, they had to start getting into politics. I think they opened up other grocery stores at some point and all of their family was just going downhill. So, but yeah, I didn't look up anything on um, Zeke. I didn't have enough time. I've been, I wrote notes for like six hours this morning. <laughs> yeah, in between. What was the conspiracy? Everything. What um, was the conspiracy that we thought about uh, with Zeke? Uh, and There and was an actual were... story that Charles had pushed Zeke down the stairs to kill him. Mm. Because there was no report. Like, there was... I think some kind of documentation that there was a child living in there and then there just wasn't. Mm. 
And that would have been easy to do back then, especially if you Absolutely. have influence and power, you know. Yep. Golly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so, go ahead. No, no, you. I was going to say our ghost stories. I had told mine on the last episode I was on. Um, I We think was... I, I'm pretty sure I stayed in the Elsa room. So my ghost experience would have been with Elsa mm-hmm. and that's the eighth child from William Limp. And then we also think that maybe Zeke had been the potential possession of my friend Hope. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Because that's who that's who I was trying to get to come out. Right. <laughs> The most. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't go around and read the plaques while I was there. I was already drinking by the time we got to the mansion. So. You had a plan. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just ready to pull out whatever is right. in here. And Hope had mentioned that Zeke was kept basically like abandoned upstairs, like held up there. And that's where we were staying. So I'm like, Oh, he's up here. Okay. I'll get him to come out. <laughs> <laughs> what we think is, uh, we, we, we discussed this, uh, uh, a little bit after we think that, um, there could have been like some kind of, uh, offering. And that's what we think that Zeke was, Okay, was like this, because uh, there was what is that um, that demon that uh, we talked about? There was like some Chinese demon or like some. Uh, oh my god! I completely forgot about this. That, yeah, yeah, we started looking up demons. Oh my gosh! I completely forgot about this. This was like the next day we started looking into. Oh my god! And it was something we found in the house that made us look this up. Holy crap. Okay. If we ever go on like any kind of ghost huntings, we are recording or and writing down everything because That's something why you have me here. <laughs> Cause I remember everything. Yeah. <laughs> something happened in the house where we, Oh, it was on the spirit box. I think the spirit box said a name and I had looked it up and it was this demon that basically you, offer it a child or something oh. and it makes you like wealthy oh. but then it's like playing games with you or something it doesn't wow. actually make you wealthy. your wealth ends up turning into um basically disaster and it powers this demon wow Ooh. The, the old monkey's paw type thing yeah you gotta be yeah, uh, I was gonna say you got to be careful de- dealing with demons, but you know, uh, dealing you you should probably just avoid uh, dealing with uh, demons or anything of the, the in the dark side of Arcana uh, if you're going to go that route. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I wonder if I can go into my search history and try to find all those articles. If I can, that's going to be another episode. I'll come on and and tell about what I found in those articles. Sweet. (laughs) Sweet. Hey, Barry. Yeah. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a goat sucker? What? Goat sucker. Chupacabra. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Have you ever seen one of those? I haven't seen one personally, but I've heard about them. Yeah, me too. If anybody's got a goat sucking story, wait, if you got a goat sucker story, we want to hear it. If you got a Bigfoot story, we want to hear it. If you got a Loch Ness Monster story, or a Lake Champlain story, or Ogo Pogo story, or uh, an Oingo Boingo story, wait, that, that was an 80s band. Anyway, you got a weird cryptid story, we want to hear it. I didn't even know what a cryptid was, man. Yeah, dude, cryptids. They're like uh, the animals that haven't been necessarily proven by science. They're the ones on the edge. You know, they're not necessarily known animals, but they're known animals. We don't have the bodies or anything like that. So they're kind of like half myth, half story based in reality, but still in that weird mystery area that we don't know about yet. Cryptids are fun. That's yeah, definitely wild, man. And uh, yeah, and it's cool. It's a cool um, if if people can get online and look at it. It's very interesting. Mm. It's a very creepy looking place. My wife would love it. She like she likes creepy spaces. Old yeah, things. I really want all of our group: E. Garrett, Wolf Robbie. And my mom was there on my birthday. My mom is, she believes in spirits. She believes in demons. She, she's not, she hasn't really decided what it is that she fully mm-hmm. believes in. Yet, but she wants to go back too. She's cool. like, I'm ready. Let's go back in December for your birthday again. So. <laughs> cool. Record it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Record it and come back. Mm-hmm. Sure. We'd love to do a play by play. And you guys have you've done you've gone to other kind of spooky or kind of invest oh, have yeah. you invest stuff together? Yeah, we went and did uh, the state pen in Missouri. Oh well, we're gonna have to save that for yeah. another time for sure. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Know that'd be awesome. Those are all as cool. I, we did like a two-hour ghost thing, but I'll say that there there was some stuff that happened, but not as much as stuff that has happened that when we went to the lamp. Yeah, it was more personal when we went to Limp because we were there by ourselves. We didn't have a tour yeah. guide or anything. That's awesome. That's the way yeah. to do it. And if we know any, if we've learned one thing about tour guides uh, in this episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, thank you guys for coming on. It's uh, this has been great. It's yeah. Been, it's been a history lesson. And, um, and just t- cool to hear stories about, mm-hmm. you know, how, how these yeah, things affected gonna, you guys. I was going to talk about my house, but, uh, it, it, and we've been talking for like two hours now. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 ha- we'll have you back, man. Absolutely. Of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. We'll definitely have you back. Um, cause, and then we can also talk to the, the, the or anything else really doesn't yeah. matter. But yeah. 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 We'll have to talk. Definitely have to have you back and, uh, to, for, you know, soon, to uh, hear some more because that's good stuff. Man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thank you guys again. And maybe by the next time you're on there on the show again, you'll have more stories because here within um, what is Halloween in two weeks from now, less than two weeks, yep. um, we're actually going over. I just moved next door to a haunted cemetery. So nice. Oh, yeah, nice. We're, I I, I want to do the Estes <laughs> method over there. So I want to see what yeah. I can that yeah i like I, hearing those yeah more about that stuff so for sure i i'm i'm more attuned to the the whole paranormal stuff too because i've done a lot more research and how to contact them and everything 
Um, I don't touch Ouija boards. I don't, li- I don't like those at all. Uh, <laughs> oh, and she oh. was like, let's hide one underneath your bed. And I'm like, I'm not sleeping there. No, thanks. Uh, I don't know if we told him before we went to limp. But while we were there, we actually stuck our Ouija board under his pillow on his bed. And we I'm pretty sure we didn't tell him that until after we left. And we accidentally left it there because of not telling him. (laughs) Wow. And but that's so wild because you didn't stay in your room. You knew. Yeah. I was like, there's something in there. (laughs) We love hearing those stories. But yeah, Barry and I. No, thanks. would never it, whether you know I, if it's connected to the spirit world or it's just a game doesn't matter um, how about this you guys come down and we'll take you on the tour oh that'd lunch. be great <laughs> that'd be, awesome, that'd be great man we're still not gonna touch any ouija boards so. <laughs> we could give you a tour of all the places we've experienced hauntings all the houses we've lived in oh, and all yeah. of the places We've done. <laughs> nice, nice. There's a that place in there's a place in Sullivan that's called Hell's Gates, and we could tell you stories about that. Nice, nice. Well, my yeah. my wife would be game, so there we, we might take you up on it. There you go. <laughs> All right, cool. cool. Yeah, we'll, All yeah, right. we definitely, uh, definitely, we'll uh, keep in touch and have both of you back in the yep. future because we enjoy enjoy your company and great stories, and uh, you know we, we know you got more so. Awesome. All right. Cool. All Thank right. you for having me on. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you're thanks welcome. for coming and thanks for uh, making the connection there, Chantel. And once again, congratulations for getting third and the awesome. Um, and the DuPont family's Halloween uh, festival <laughs> ride oh, or whatever dude. it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So we're looking for a little help from our friends. We need you, our loyal listeners, to help us spread the word about the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Just go to your current podcast provider, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean, YouTube. We're just about everywhere. Hit the subscribe button, download the podcast, give us a thumbs up, hit the like button, give us the highest rating you can, and give us a review. The What's Your Weird Story podcast is a community effort. Without our friends and listeners, it wouldn't be possible to do what we do. So please help us out by spreading the word. Really cool, really cool stories. And I really enjoyed listening to um, a little bit more detail from the other side, his point of view of, mm-hmm. of the story, and then also getting a little bit of history behind all that craziness in the family yeah. of, of Limp. Yeah. And it's, you know, it, 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 it kind of just goes to that show that, you know, maybe history and people and emotions and, and these things really do leave a residual mark, a psychic scar on a place. Yeah. Um, and it seems like that's really left there. You know, maybe it doesn't hurt to ask people if somebody's died or had been murdered, where if you're moving into an, or looking at a house or an apartment, you know, just to be on the safe side, because, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of places have to tell you, uh, you know, they have yep. to tell you if somebody's died there or, or if you ask, they have to be honest with you. Right. Um, and you also there are places that are compelled to tell you if you ask if it's haunted, 
they have to say that it's been reported as haunted or something like yeah, that. Right. Uh, which some people seek out and some people want no part of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. you know, just a bit of, uh, I guess, consumer advice. I don't know. Barry, do you think that you would take, because uh, I mean, I know Nikki, your wife, your lovely wife, yeah, yeah. Um, who will be celebrating Halloween a day early this year. She always does. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's uh, October thirtieth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and I, I'm sure I've said this before, but one year I convinced uh, a couple of years ago I convinced Barry's wife uh, mischievously uh, that they were, we were celebrating Halloween uh, on the thirtieth that year, and uh, you know the, the, Barry was kind enough to back me up on my trickery. <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> that was great. But uh, yeah, is it? That seems like a place that you guys would go and uh, spend the night in, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we liked our. We took a trip to the East Coast, and we had a great time. Um, you know, in the haunted hotels and stuff like that. But um, I would, I would give it a shot. Uh, I don't know though. It sounds to me like it's pretty active. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It, that would be. I say that I'd be game for it, but. When it gets about two, three o'clock in the morning, it that shit gets too real sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, <laughs> if you know about it, it kind of gets in your head. Oh, you for know? sure. Uh, and I can be a little bit of a scaredy cat, and also my, you know, my imagination can get away with me, you know. So yep. uh, that that can uh, on just a normal day, you know, my yep. imagine my imagination can let my want mind can wander off into so many places. Uh, so yeah, I don't yeah. know if I'd really want to spend too much time. I mean, I would. I would be opposed to it, but I don't know if I would seek out a lot of the uh, supernatural tourism for sure uh, that a lot of people are doing these days. Um, but it does sound like a really cool place, and it obviously has a lot of history. Just that alone, the history is yeah. uh, really a cool thing to go check out. You know, mm-hmm. and plus the guy was a brewer, and I'm yes. just a big fan of that. So. Yes, and of course, uh, Adam, the name Adam. Yep, yep. So He's got a lot so of very, things going for him. So very strong and have a lot of good good qualities. Absolutely. Uh, in general, Barry's not bad either. Did yeah, you know Barry? You know. Barry, did you know that it, that's a uh, really a, a shortened version of Bartholomew? I've been told. Uh, I have. I've been called Bartholomew in the past. Um, that is a strange name. Uh huh. Yeah. I yeah. Bartholomew Johnston. I don't see it. Um, it's a tough one to swallow so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, if you, when you were a little kid trying to say Bartholomew. Oh, uh, my, my sister. Could, yeah. Yeah. My my nickname was Boo when I was little because yep. my my sister couldn't say my name, so she said she yep. called me Booey. Yeah, yeah. So they shorten that to Boo, and I was yeah. Boo for shit. Your dad called me Boo for a long time. I still call you Boo. Yeah. Sometimes, you yeah. know. Um, so, so crazy. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks again for to uh, Chantel and Garrett for sharing those stories and uh, being awesome guests. We hope you guys had a good spooky Halloween. Now that it's uh, here and gone, um, we hope that you had fun and watching all your spooky movies and shows. I have found my way back to. The Walking Dead to re- do a rewatch, nice and uh, finish that. Um, and uh, yeah, so we want to hear from you, people out there, our friends 
uh, our listeners, our homies, our uh, weird villains and uh, compatriots, comrades, and um, uh, updogs. Um, you know, that's where you're like, what's up? What's up? Uh, dogs? I say our updogs. I say uh, What's <laughs> who's on first? Uh, yep, and uh, uh, what's up with you? Um, we want to hear your stories, and we want you to be guests on the show. You can write in, uh, contact us through our various uh, social media uh, hotspots, Instagram, our accounts is what I was looking for. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, you can hit us up through the website whatsyourweirdstory.com. Uh, with all of our episodes, and you can contact us through uh, our email, wywspod at gmail.com. Uh, however, you know, you can send us uh, psychic vibrations. We might be able to pick that up. We might not, but somebody can probably pass it along. But we like hearing stories directly from you, from your mouth, uh, the horse of the mouth, or wait, straight from the mouth of the horse, Mouth of the horse. I'm going to get it out somehow. I almost said uh, House of the Morse, uh, but straight from the horse's mouth. We want to hear it from you. We're not calling you a horse, um, but, you know, if you are a talking horse, um, you know, uh, that's 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 definitely we want to hear your story for sure. All right. So uh, thanks again as always, for being our supporters, our listeners. Go and follow us, subscribe to us, give us some ratings on whichever app you listen to and can. Uh, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your loved ones, tell your hated enemies about the show, and uh, join us here every week in person or on the with your ear holes on the fabulous... What's your weird story podcast? Put some effects on that. That's yeah. really cool. Okay. Thank you. And then uh, we will see you next time with uh, with April. Ooh, April's got some great. We had a great conversation to April. We had some great stories. Yep. She's and she will be a return guest to be sure. All right, gang. We'll see you then. Be safe. Be weird. As always. If you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.